0: This is Jesse Salem and together we'll be studying Shira Shirim. So as a quick introduction, I want to just discuss um you know what is Shira Shirim, how did it make it into Tanakh, um, you know, more specifically, why did it make it into Tanakh, um, who wrote Shira Shirim, when was it written, and you know how we will go ahead and approach this Megillah to study it, uh through its difficulties um in content and structure. And we'll discuss who are the characters, um, as well as some of the themes, the setting. Uh, we'll discuss if there is a running plot or if there is no running plot. And finally, um, we'll just end off with why the Mihila is written as a love story um, in the you know, Mashal Nimshal form instead of just the outright allegorical meaning. So firstly, what is Shirashirim? It's one of the five Megillot, and it's unique out of all the books in Tanakh. Um, Firstly, at first glance, the subject matter seems to be one of love. Um, It's filled with so much imagery, physical characteristics that don't necessarily add to the story. So we're told of someone's beauty, and over here, it doesn't really add to the storyline. Elsewhere in Tanakh, like with Yosef, we're told of Yosef's beauty, but it's in the context of Eshet Potifad, and Rachel and Neah, we're told of their beauty, but it's in the context of Yaakov getting married, and that the whole rival between the two. Over here, it doesn't seem to add to the storyline itself. Um, Shiashim is also unique from other ancient Near East literature of that day. So, you know, in Shiashim there's so much imagery that that's taken from the beauty and, and land of Eretz Israel, almost as if we feel that the beloved is not only praising, you know, the woman, but also praising Eretz Israel itself. Uh, the woman won't always speak of herself in the singular form. Sometimes she refers to herself in the plural, almost looking at herself as part of a greater whole, like Mushkeni acharichan Narutza. Like let us run. Which seems to be like a reference almost to Knesset Israel of you know the nation itself. Um, and thirdly, the relationship between God and his nation is one of a husband and a wife that we don't see elsewhere. Um, in other um, ancient texts. Uh how did it make it into Tanakh? And this is interesting. Um the Mishnayot already, Mishnah Yadaim um, Pirachimal Mishnah He speaks about Kolkitva Kodesh Meta Yadaim. שיר השירים and there's a between the Bi'udar, and finally, אמָר רבי ישראל לשיר השירים שֶאֵין שֶׁכֹּל הַכְּתוּבִים so Shir Hashim and are debated by the Tana'im about their level of Kedushah, seemingly because of their relationship to the religious world. Kohelet challenges the basic principles of our existence and purpose. And Shira 1st refers to doesn't seem to have any religious religious uh, significance. Parenthetically, it's not about whether or not they should be included in the canon, as the canon was closed over a hundred years before Rabbi Akiva entered the scene. So Rabbi Akiva ends with a statement in Masechei Dadaim, God forbid... That there was ever a debate between anyone regarding Shira Shirim as the whole world doesn't stand in comparison to the day Shira Shirim was given to Israel. And then he says that all uh, scripture is Kodesh, and Shira Shirim is Kodesh Kodeshim. Rabbi Akiva has another statement in a Tosefta Sanhedrin anyone who sings Shira Shirim as a song at parties doesn't have a Halek in ba. So once again, Rabbi Akiva's statement shows his high regard for Shira Shirim. Already from the times of the Tanaim, they debated whether or not Shira Shirim should make it into Tanakh, and one can assume that the debate stemmed from the, you know, the bold language and imagery used throughout the Sefer. At first glance, it seems like a love story. Yet Rabbi Akiva stands strong and challenges his contemporaries. God forbid anyone debated whether Shira Shirim is Metameyadaim. He sees such value in Kedusha and Shira shirim that he calls it Kodesh Kodashim. And now we're left asking, what is it that makes it Kodesh Kodashim? And that leads us to, why did it make it into Tanakh? So Rabbi Akibat doesn't explain the reason for its significance. And from here we'll look at what Rishonim have to say about the essence and importance of Shir shirim. So Rashi opens with a beautiful quote. It says, right? God spoke once, and I heard or understood two things. So he explains Shinar Shirim as having a double meaning. Beyond the translation of the words, it's an allegorical, prophetic song detailing Israel's history. Destruction after destruction, a chronological fashion. The songs are a remembrance of the distant past. Um, the love of one's youth, uh, the first love, the remembrance of the past shows that there is something real. And this will provide for the basis of a corrected future. Harambam, very differently, in Elchot Khoteshubah, Perek Yod, Anach HaGimal, says, What is the appropriate Ahava? Who Ahava Azza Admeod Right loving God so greatly. His soul is, is connected to the love of God. Right, he's is constantly pondering and thinking of God. like he's sick from love. Right, as if like his his mind is can't, can't stop thinking of a woman that he's constantly thinking of. Ben beshokbo, ben bekumo, ben beshashro, lech, beshoteh. Yater mizet t'ye ahobat Hashem belev o'avav. More than this love for a woman should be the love of God. Veshogim batamid. Kimo shecivanu bechol ellev avicha uchonevseicha. Ayikots, kiriyat shema. Vehu sheshelomo omer delech mashal, kicholat ahava ani. This is what Shlomo mentioned when he said, I'm, I'm, I'm sick from love, I'm lovesick. Right? He's constantly thinking of God. And now the final line of this halacha, in the Chot Tashuma, All of Shira Shirim is a mashal, and I'm going to translate it as mashal, is a, a symbol for this inyan. So Rambam read the Megillah as a personal relationship between each and every individual with God. Not necessarily national, it's more of a personal note. It seems to be built off Kiryat Shema, where we proclaim our love for God daily. And we don't need to find the Mashal for each Pasuk. But it's rather like one story that creates a a love for God. So we could say that Rashi sees Shir Hashim as an allegory for B'nai Yisrael's nation's history. While Harambam understands Shiasrim as a, a broader uh, symbolism for an individual's love for God. Uh, just a couple of other approaches. The Malbim understands the Migila as an internal conflict between one's spiritual and materialistic desires. And Rav Cook, as we'll explain even later, uh, points out the levels of love in this world. He says there can't be like a culture without love and drama of love and I Amisel mean, so has to have this expression. And this is almost the base for a greater love that brings us towards uh, Ahavat Hashem. Who wrote Shira So, Mos Mefashim explained that Shilamo wrote the Sefer. The Gemara Baba attributes the Sefer to Hiskiyahu and his assembly, with Shilamo presumably being the one who originally wrote it, right, and Hiskiyahu just gathering it and and, um, and editing it. Yet we can also explain Shilomo as being the one written of. And the Baal Kedah takes this approach of the Sefin being written about Shilomo. When was it written? Well, if Shilomo wrote it, then it was written in the times of Shilomo. But even according to those that want to say that it was written about Shilomo, it seems as though the Megillah was written in his time. Even Professor Gabriel Cohen of um, Bar-Ilan University explains that the land of Israel is is a vast land and the imagery pulled from all places are Israel. So you'll see the Hermon in the north, you'll see Engedi in the south, you know, from Sharon in the west to Heshbon in the eastern side of the Jordan. There are references to Lebanon, right, where we know Hiram and had a great relationship with Shilomo. Um with so much imagery. In such detail, you have wealth, you have besamim, you have cedars, right, cedar trees from Hiram, horses, right, showing his relationship with Egypt, defensive armor, woman. You know, one gets the feeling that it was written in the times of Shalom, when people were also, you know, they were able to, try to travel the land freely wherever they wanted, right? We know this to have been true in the times of Shalom, before the kingdom was split between Yudah and Israel. Um yep. I, w- I want to just also mention how, how are we going to study this Megillah? So firstly, we must approach the Sefer with Girah. You know, approach the Sefer with a, with a sense of awe. Oh, I mean, it's, it's Kodesh Kodashim. It's, it's gonna be a challenge to explain. There are lots of Pirushim. You know, Rabbi Akiva said that this is Kodesh Kodashim. Um while some, you know, modern day academics can't figure out why this Sefer made it into Nahul together. Structurally, it's hard to find a clear structure to the Sefer. There are two main approaches presented um, by different people, um, Cheryl Exum and then William Shea, whether it's a more of a, like a parallel structure or, or a chiastic structure. But according to everyone, though, the outer framework of the Migilat closes off how it opened up, right? And Pidek 4 to 5 is that is that climax. Um linguistically also we'll face challenges. There are lots of words that appear here spe- specifically and don't appear in other books in Tanakh. And tons of them. You know, you have Turezahav, Nekudot, Rehitim, Berotim, Talpiyot, There's so many words, um and we sometimes ask if we understand the words and its associated meaning. And even once we do understand the words, you know, can we say, understand that we understand its meaning in the pasuk? So this will be a challenge within itself. Uh Contextually, it's a metaphorical language. It's a shirah. It's a song. And because it's a poem, there are a lot of metaphors, and we need to understand what they mean. Now, Ibe Ezra points this out, and this is very important to mention before we start, that when studying Shira Shirim, there are three levels of understanding. And as we study, we'll need to pay attention to these three levels of understanding to fully appreciate the text. So firstly, we have the literal meaning of the words. Right? I'm going to give an example. Let's give an example for each one. So literal meaning of the words, you have Kerem um, is a vineyard. Great. Now, secondly, next level, the meaning of the Mashal in its context like, what is the woman telling her beloved? So now, back to the same example, of the Kerem. For example, when when the woman speaks of a Kerem, is she speaking of a vineyard, you know, that she owns, literally? Or is she allegorically speaking of herself? Right? We need to answer, ask that question, we need to answer it. And lastly, the third level, is the deeper meaning behind the text. That's what makes it the Kodesh Kotashim, the allegory of the Nimshal itself. So, staying on the same example of the Kerem, you know, it has an allegorical meaning of B'nai Israel as a nation, as it does appear elsewhere in Neviim and in Yeshayahu specifically. Um, Shira Shirim, are they individual songs or are they one plot, one storyline? So, Shirashirim. Shirim. Even though in its most literal sense means the best of songs, it still has it's still a song compro- comprised of many other songs. So, firstly, as we go through the sefer, we need to figure out where one song ends and the next one starts. And to figure this out, we'll have to pay attention to repeated words, themes, um, opening and closing sentences that really form the frame for each song. And an important question that stands out in front of us is. Whether or not these individual songs are individual songs that stand alone without any connection to one another, or if they are purposely strung together to form a running story and plot. So, I'll do my best throughout the point, throughout the the Migila to point out the beauty of the individual songs as they stand alone, yet We'll also point out the ebb and the flow in the story itself as it forms the running plot, as I do believe that it forms a story. Um, as it's a song or poem, there will be many beautiful literary technique in this ancient poem. So we'll see lots of alliteration. Um, the Megillah actually opens up as the Megillah starts. <speaking in Hebrew> you, you hear the alliteration as you open the Sefer. There'll be anomatopoeia. There'll be lots of irony. You'll see, you know, concepts, you know, anaphora. It's really a song of songs from this perspective as well. It's it's really a beautiful and probably the most beautiful song. Even with all this beauty, everyone should constantly think of the symbolism or allegory on their own. And you may have to read the text several times. Um, We'll go song by song, examining the literal meaning. And once we complete his song, we'll spend some time on the most important part, the nimshal itself. Uh, The nimshal um, that I'll be really speaking of is mainly based off off, off, of Rav Amos Hakam in Da'at Mikra. Uh, He explained it more based on Harambam's approach of symbolism rather than Rashi's running allegory of every single event after event in Jewish history. Who are the characters in Shi'ashirim? So we have the main character, the ra'ayah, right? It's the young woman. We have the dod, right? That's the beloved, the man. Uh, we have Shilomo, who is most probably the man in the story, the same person as the dod. But I'll just point out here that Ibn Ezra famously understands Shilomo to be another character, different than the dod. And the dod is almost competing with Shilomo for the ra'ayah. Um, the Rayaz brothers, right? That's another um, group of characters, and the girls of Jerusalem. Um, the word ani, me, appears many times, and each time it's the woman speaking. So she is the main figure; it is her story. Uh, usually, yeah. Usually, the main presentation uh, of a family metaphor in Tanakh is a father-son. Here, it's a husband-wife. Right, So in Hamishah Hum the relationship is a father-son relationship. Once we reach Nevi'im, mainly in Nevi'im Aharonim, uh, we see the relationship between B'nai Yisrael and God symbolized as a man and woman. Like for example in Hosea, most famously. Yehezkel uh, and his wife. Um, a few times in Yeshayahu, uh, It's something very common in Nevi'im. And it can be the most mat- natural way of reading this Sefer as, as this Mashal. Mashal Nimshal. Um, as opposed to the hierarchical father son right even though there may be a, a fear as well as love and mercy in that relationship a husband and wife represent a form of mutualism um it it brings about a mutual relationship between the nation and god uh yet it's also a relationship that can potentially be broken up you know whereas a father and son will always you know stay close to each other the father will always return to his son um that, that uh you know, husband wife, that man woman relationship can always be broken up. Um she needs to choose the relationship. And metaphorically as well, um with us, the religious experience stems from the person who's standing in front of God. Who is Shalomon in Shira Shirim? So on a Pshat level, when the word Shalomo comes up, he's the historical figure, figure, you know, King Solomon. Hazal already explained it to be Melech Shah Shalom Shelo, which is a reference to God. So, parenthetically, God's name isn't mentioned at all outright in Shira Shirim. Um, and Shalomo, quote-unquote Shalomo, takes on that role of God. And by the way, that's the Halacha as well. So any Shalomo in Shira Shirim is Kodesh. So just as God's name cannot be erased, the name Shilomo in Shirim can also not be erased. That means that the halacha also sees Shirashirim as a mashal and nimshal. That's a point to point out. halacha Halakha sees Shirim as a mashal and nimshal. What are the themes in Shirashirim? Of course, the theme of love is clear throughout. Um, additionally, the Meshora literally walks the reader through Eretz Israel's beauty and glory. So it's like, it's almost nearly impossible for us not to fall in love with the country, its landscape, its wildlife. You know, the, the Raya and the Dod, they don't just love each other, they deeply love the land of Israel. Almost all the imagery they choose to describe the most meaningful person in their life is from Eretz Israel. And we'll see all Shivata minima mentioned outside of barley, which is commonly used as animal food, so it's skipped um geographically, we extend in all directions north south east, west, you know, and even past the borders of Israel, we go up to lebanon lebanon, we go um east uh towards Hashbon, mm-hmm. right which is Hasban. Uh, the scenery is all wildlife that surrounds them, you know, birds, sheep, gazelle, deer. From pre- plant life, we have 24 different types of plants, trees, plants. Besamim. There's so much um, when it comes to Eretz Israel, and, and it's, I believe, an important theme. Yehuda Felix, Professor Yehuda Felix points this out, um, who was a botanist in um, in Bar University, that that the theme of, of Eretz Israel is is almost like a, a secondary theme throughout. Um, Shir What is the setting of Shir Well For the most part, the story takes place in the spring season, you know, as life is beginning to bud, which is very symbolic uh, in itself. Some parts of the story happen at night, others, other times, you know, they look forward to the midday when you know a shadow can't be found. You know, as we mentioned, the place is Eretz Israel. The time period times of Shalomo, when anyone can travel freely throughout the uh, entire land, is there a running plot? So we started to address this. Um, you know, do the do the songs link together to create a continuous story? You know, is there is there literally a story with a conflict, a turning point, a conclusion? So there are many opinions that say no. You know, Amos Hachamedat Mikra reads Shirim like this and doesn't necessarily focus on connecting one song to the next. You know, rather he sees them as individual songs uh, that were possibly sung at weddings and, and gathered together to form a Magibah. Others do see a platform between all the songs. Um Karl Bach actually sees a story of a boy and girl in the time of their engagement, in their young engagement before they married. And then after their wedding, during their marriage. So their relationship is different. You know, and they try to, you know, build their life together. Others simply explain that it's a relationship between a woman and her beloved as they grow close and further away with its ebbs and flows. Uh, For the most part, I will work off this approach. um, That the songs, when read together, actually form a story. And this story is told by revealing the characters and their um, and their innermost thoughts. I'd like to end uh, this intro just one last point, and that is, why is the Migila written as a love story instead of the actual allegorical meaning itself? And based off of cooking all that, he explains that there cannot be a culture without love and the drama of love. And Am Yisrael, too, has to have this expression. That's part of the point. And The relationship is also a relationship of Kedushah. And this is used as a platform to reach, on a national level, national love for the entire nation. And finally, and almost most importantly, is reaching the level of Ahavat uh, Hashem, the love of God. Uh, in our next uh next class next session we'll discuss together we'll start together